Hello there. Come in and sit down. Here, have this cup of Longjing tea. And if you bear with me, I should have... Ah, here. A box of chocolates. They're my favourites after eights. And how about this? Lovely bottle of wine for you. It's Tesco's finest Merlot. I'm sure I've got some spare mugs around here somewhere if you need one. Oh, and one more thing. I think it's fairly traditional to have flowers, correct? Here, I love the big bouquet of thistles. And brilliantly, they're all dyed different colours. Very pretty. I think there's gloves somewhere in the office if you're struggling with those. And now I've provided wine, flowers, and chocolate. Do you want to go on a date? We could... Have a nice walk in the park. Or enjoy a roast in the pub on Sunday. Or take them at you to a restaurant you uh, I, I like. Or how about long walks on the beach at sunset? What do you mean, why you? You come in here fairly frequently, which indicates you share an interest with me in audio fiction. You look roughly age-appropriate, so neither of us will run a file the divide by two and add seven rule, and you don't work for the library. As far as I can tell, that makes you a perfect candidate. It's been quite a productive morning, actually. You're the fourth perfect candidate I've had, and I've only had five visitors. The unsuitable one had wandered in looking for true crime shows about serial killers by mistake. I've no desire to call to the demented psychopath. I'll certainly not be having any of that in a relationship I'm forced into. Yes, forced into. It's all about this memo that came around yesterday, you see. Here, let me read it. From the library director to all employees. In light of internal discussions regarding acceptable employer-employee relationships and the power dynamics inherent in a hierarchical staff structure such as the library, particularly those comments at the most recent committee meeting about the library's leadership, it is required that library employees will maintain relationships outside of the library staff. So I've got to find someone who doesn't work here to engage in a certain minimum level of romance. I've been doing a bit of research to figure out how it works by listening to appropriate shows, such as this one about wedding planners, this one about dueling podcasters, and this one about a very chill duck. I think I'm getting the hang of it now, which is why I've started propositioning people. Seems like the most sensible next step. I mean, sure, there are things like loads of cod and all right eros, but when visitors come right into my office, I already know they're interested in what I have to say. It's an easy way to find prospects, dates, partners, marriage options, and a few other things. So would you be interested? Well, what else would it take? I know. People are always intrigued by possibilities, right? In that case, I've got four possibilities right here, in the form of these new show trailers. Here, let me tease you with those. First up, it's Mars's Best Brisket. A long time from now, on a planet that's right next to ours, an earthling couple decide to open up the very first vegan brisket restaurant on Mars. And when you're the first, you're also the best. Mars's Best Brisket is a limited-run audio sci-fi restaurant sitcom. It's also a charity event, raising money for The Loving Spoonfuls, a food rescue located in Boston, Massachusetts. Well, my little pickled radish, today is the day! The first vegan brisket joint on Mars. Our own little home away from home. Ah. <sighs> The only thing that's missing is... customers. Oh, I'm sure they'll come. Pretty soon, it won't just be the sign saying Mars's best brisket. Oh, Herbie, I love your optimism. Almost as much as I love you. And I love you too. Now, what do you say we uh, try a bit of the product? I mean, we have to make sure it's the best. Oh yes, it's Mars's best brisket. You ain't gonna wanna miss it. Best game damn brisket the Martians ever saw. Oh yes, it's Mars's best brisket. It goes well with the biscuit. Makes all the little Martians go yeehaw. The good folks over at Mars's best brisket believe one thing and one thing only. 
you can't spell barbecue without community. Right now, we're trying to raise $1,000 for the Love and Spoonfuls, a food rescue here in Boston, Massachusetts. But we need your help. Head over to marsisbestbrisket.com to learn more about the amazing work that they do and to make your contribution to our campaign today. Help us reach our goal and feed our neighbors. And remember, eating salad with barbecue is an absolute crime. Thanks all the little Martians go Then, white privilege, the radio play, as black networks pass on hiring light-skinned black and Jewish reporter Ashley Allen, ultra-conservative news network Sly News can't tell that Ashley's a woman of colour. Instead of revealing the truth, Ashley decides to pass as white. I'm Natasha Lewin, the creator of the podcast White Privilege. While this story is loosely based on my own experiences as a white-passing black and Jewish journalist... And while some of the situations and conversations are unfortunately based in our everyday reality. The show White Privilege is based on a story perhaps not so well known. In the Old Testament, Esther is a Jewish queen married to King Xerxes. Esther. 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 Mordecai begs for his sister's help in freeing her people. Afraid to lose her position as queen, worried she'll create conflict with her husband, and greatly lacking the courage to stand up for her people, Esther refuses to help her brother or her fellow Jews. Granted with so much privilege, Esther is in danger of missing her divine assignment. White Privilege, the podcast, is also a story about divine assignment. Like biblical Esther, our modern-day Ashley Allen has been granted favor in the eyes of white America. You work for a white network for white people with white privilege? She's given the keys to a cushy, carefree world most races and religions will never have access to. As she slips further into the undertow of entitlement, Ashley is called to stand up and speak out against bigotry and hate, starting first with a career she worked so hard to build, and then with her own relationships and family. And what about your family? You're treating your own people like you're ashamed. You're passing as white. As Ashley is confronted with the choice of embracing her ambition or denying her people, will she realize the purpose of her position? Would you? We have all been called for such a time as this. Prepare for more of that, my dear. You're a rising star. Like Esther, like Ashley, the gifts you have been blessed with can also turn hate into love. Whether you choose to heed the call and stand up for your people, which in turn stands up for all people, this is something only you can decide. But I believe together, both white privilege and black excellence can put an end to hate and racism once and for all. This is why I created White Privilege. I hope you enjoy what you hear. And this week's RPG, Eberron Chronicles Oracle of War, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podio book, playing through a Wizards of the Coast Adventurers League campaign. With an agreed-upon pact, the four of you perform various jobs and tasks together over the next year, many presented by Callie, with other gigs proposed by the rest of you. We see Callie 
surveying the land up ahead and you can see a caravan moving across the lands and she's starting to sketch out in the air where you guys will be placed. So you can see Callie, Graf, and Erd hanging out behind a building. You're not sure where Garum is, but then you can see that he's already climbing up the fire escape to try and get a better vantage point. So yeah, we're standing in a, in a merchant shop, just Graf and Garum, and Graf is talking to the shopkeep, haggling. As Garum walks up, that you can see the shopkeep's eyes narrow. Get out, dog. We don't need you here. And then Graf just hauls back and socks him right in the face, takes the potions, and they leave. So as you see, Graf and Garum and Erd coming out of the back of a shop with boxes in hand. They're approached by some Syrian guards. Callie intercepts in between and shakes her head, points to you guys, and all of a sudden the guards nod and let the three of you go. And she smiles and falls quickly behind. Graf and Garum walking down the streets of Metril, and some stray dogs just look at Graf and start howling. But then Garum just looks at the dogs and just... <laughs> and they all just whimper and run away. As we're walking down the streets, there's uh, this stray cat... Rather than try to go around, Erd just kind of gives him a little shove with his foot. I was like, get out of here. What are you doing? Immediately, I transform a little bit and pounce on Erd and knock him down to the ground and pin him. Hey, what are you? Come on, get off me. What's the, what's the big idea? Don't you so ever hurt strange. another animal again. Does that make sense? I'm doing it because I want to do it, not because of you. So I snarl in his face and then I let him... Get up. Everyone around the campfire, talking, <laughs> laughing, telling stories. Graf is, you know, painting a picture, almost like a ghost story, and he makes his eyes glow bright yellow. You see her with a, a pocket of gold and him, like, mimicking, like, a punching action and them all laughing, <laughs> like, ah. So just standing in a forest grove, the four of us surround what looks to be a wealthy oh, aristocrat. No, please, no. Erd comes up and just crack over the head. Kali opening the door to let you guys into the back room of a local pub. And in this bar, you see the group of various Karnathi forces from the north. And she's managed to direct each of you in your own respective ways. Garum, you've managed to slink in and slink around through the shadows. Graf, you've managed to line each one of their drinks with a heavy inducing sleep poison that'll knock them out for the duration of the week. The bar room brawl breaks out. With my drink in hand, I walk out the building and wait for you guys to be done. Callie looks over. She jumps into the fray and just starts laying blows with their boys. Graf gives her a look like, hey, you're all right. I'm doubting drinks while I've got one person in a chokehold. Yeah. Graf takes a punch to the face, but just kind of looks intently and smiles. And finally, Kalsarum. In Aru, a land torn apart by fear of magic and ruled by brutal mercenaries, Two young friends leave the only home they've ever known to find the one who could save them all. Shit. In the abstruse land of Aru, full of regal countrysides and realist forests, miss me. The once halcyon days now gone. Your hand is mine now. Get him out of here. And people resolve to lives separated from each other. We all know how dangerous the magic can be. It's best the child comes with us. No! A prophecy 
passed down, followed by believers. You're a prophecy hunter. It has to be part of something bigger. If I let myself think they died for nothing. We'll set forth the path for the one. I had a dream. I was the chosen one. I saw myself saving everyone. <laughs> of course you did. Leading the land of Aru back to its days of yore. Fire! Aura! What are you doing? I'll kill you! We'll never survive! Linus, trust me. Mother! Carcer in the series. Premiering September 22nd, 2020. And that's that. What do you say? Feeling romancy? You're certainly doing better than candidates two and three, who left in really quite a hurry. Tell you what, no pressure. Get back to me on the library's Twitter account. It's at Audio Drama Debut. Anyway, cheerio.